Welcome into the Locked On Razorbacks podcast. I am your host, John Neighbors. I am also the host of the Morning Rush, which you can catch every weekday morning from 6 to 9 on ESPN Arkansas. Also check out our website at hitthatline.com for all types of great articles, videos, part, podcasts, whatever it is dealing with the Arkansas Razorbacks. Be sure to check it out at hitthatline.com. I apologize for me not being able to do a podcast this past week. I've had some technical issues with my podcasting here. Uh, where I do it from my apartment. So uh, it is fixed now. Hopefully it's be fixed for the foreseeable future. So again, apologize for everybody as I've been incognito. I know you, all of you have been just waiting with bated breath dealing with uh, my thoughts on everything going on with Razorback football, basketball, everything. And uh, I guess now I've had plenty of time to think about it and plenty of time to react as Arkansas once again loses to the Auburn Tigers at home by a final score of 51-10. to 10. Now, the spread in this game originally was about 19 and a half, I think was the biggest I ever saw it get. And it's crazy because watching this game and seeing how it played out, it's weird. Because five minutes left to go in the third quarter, Arkansas is only down 17 to three. They're down two touchdowns with 20 minutes left of game. Down 14. And they lose by 41. If that didn't show you what the final 20 minutes showed, then I mean, and how this game went and how just absolutely and completely and totally lost Arkansas is, I don't know what to tell you. This has given me the vibe, and this is where I know I tweeted out that I said I was going to be honest and give you my honest take on everything uh, dealing with Chad Morris in Arkansas. And I think a lot of you who listen to my Morning Rush show probably know how I feel about this matter. But folks, it certainly has a vibe to me that this is all over. It's all over for Chad because I just can't fathom how anybody can look at the first year and a half, essentially, or 19 games of Chad Morris, and say that this just needs more time. This just needs more players. And then, and then it'll really get going. I just don't see how anyone can say that at this point. And I didn't expect Arkansas to win this game against Auburn. Don't get me wrong. I expect Arkansas to lose and expected them to to lose fairly handedly, especially given the matchup. But it's it's the real questionable decisions that I keep referring back to when it comes to Chad Morris. That fake punt might have been one of the dumbest things I've ever seen. It was horrible. And I know that in a lot of times in special teams, especially when it comes to fake punts or fake field goals, A lot of times, it's great when it works, and it's awful when it doesn't. Everyone says it's a bad call when it fails, but everyone says how great of a call and gutsy of a call it was when it works. I get that. But if you just look at the situation, Arkansas was still very much into the game. Very much into the game. They're on their own 41-yard line, and it's 4th and 11. Not 4th and 1, 4th and 11. And the play was designed to work where Auburn was going to sell out and try to block the punt, get everybody behind the ump backs, and then Davion Warren was just going to be right there waiting on it, and then he's going to take off and get the first down maybe even more. I understand the design of it. But Auburn did not sell out for the block. In fact, they did the complete opposite. They played it very safe. They ended up intercepting it, and... That was all she wrote. And once again, Arkansas finds themselves 
another season having a very embarrassing play that went viral and everyone's making fun of them for because of how horribly it went wrong. And to me, if there was ever a summary that you could make of the Chad Morris era, it would be that play right there. Questionable decision, questionable call, terrible execution at always the wrong times. And that's how I feel about where Chad Morris has this program. And I did the show this morning, and I even had guys like Clay Henry. I know that he was disagreeing with me on a lot of stuff, which is nothing new if you listen to the show. But I I just get baffled how some people can say with a straight face that this that this isn't anyone's fault or that you should you shouldn't expect to beat Auburn or play well against Auburn. So this write this game off like it doesn't matter. It's all about the Mississippi State and Western Kentucky games. I think that's what Tommy said, and I couldn't disagree with him more. It, it's about how you're playing and how you're competing. And this team is not competing. I mean, Ben Hicks stayed in the whole game and went 19 of 39 for 182 yards, one touchdown, one pick. It's a QBR of 12. That's not competing. Rakeem Boyd was your leading rusher with 13 carries and 39 yards. That's not competing. This defense gave up over 490 yards that's not competing there was no element of this game that you could watch and again say with a straight face and say well it's a tough game but I still like the direction they're going you can't say that about any of this but yet there are still some people out there that think that this is going to work I've seen enough of this I think I've seen all I need to see I know that Arkansas is not talented. I know they have a lot of young players. I know that. And there's no denying that that has some sort of impact. But the way that it has been done and how it's been handled and how poorly coached this team is and how poorly developed it has been, because that was another thing, like saying that the wide receivers have developed. and What? Based on what? They have really good wide receivers, but I don't think that they're just leaps and bounds better than what they were game one. I know quarterbacks aren't. Offensive line sure isn't. The defense is not. So so where is the development from game one to game seven? What's better? What's improved? I don't know, and you, I'm sure somebody's going to throw out a stat and say, well, look at this. But just use your eyes, folks. I can't see anything that's better right now. But what I can see is an empty stadium. What I can see is fans who are frustrated and fed up. And I can also see players starting to decommit. And decommit in big time, extraordinary fashion. I don't see how, given the circumstance and given the direction of where this team is going to finish out the season... I don't see how you can give Chad Morris another year. Because you're talking about best case scenario at this point, going four and eight. And I think that's a pipe dream. Going four and eight. That would mean you beat Western Kentucky and probably beat Mississippi State. And there are people saying, oh, yeah, I think that they can do that. Based on what? Based on what? Based on what? This team continues to show the lack of of discipline and the lack of coaching. Was Auburn, the game against Auburn, was that simply just, well, 
it was just not you just lost because you didn't have the talent. Was that a talent issue to lose by that margin? Because Arkansas was in the game, 17-3 to with five minutes left to go in the third. And again, I'm not saying to win the game. I'm just saying you were in position to be competitive. And you weren't at all. You couldn't dial up anything. You couldn't figure anything out. And I got to go to the hog walk before the game, and I saw the demeanor of the coaches and players. It was awful. Stoic. Just it's just abysmal. And I, I don't know if I'm the one that's just taking crazy pills here, but there are people out there that still think that I'm being a little too dramatic or a little too negative towards this program. And I don't see how that's the case at all. Folks, I think that this is the end. I do. I know there's five games left. And maybe I can be proven wrong if things really get turned around. But there's nothing that leads me to believe that it will. And if this season and the final five games goes the way that the first seven games have gone and looks the way that the first seven games have looked, it's over. It's done. It's time to move on. I am never in favor of firing coaches midseason. Ever, and I will never be. I don't think Chad Morris needs to be fired. I think, as right now, I think that he needs to be given the rest of the season. I think that's fair. But if they finish this season 2-10, and 3-9 and nine with a barely win over Western Kentucky, blow it up. And if they lose to Western Kentucky, lose to Ty Story coming into Fayetteville, that may be cause for just ending it right then and there. I like Chad Morris as a person. I really do. Nice guy. I rooted for Chad Morris. I thought that he would do a really good job based on his style and philosophy. Truly, I did. But this team looks lost. There's no discipline. There's no leadership. And from the things that I continue to hear in practices and whatnot, there's just not a whole lot of soul and heart in the program itself. Not to say the players aren't playing hard and trying hard. I'm never going to question that. But there's just nothing really to fight for and play for at this point if you're a player. At least that's what it looks like to me. I hope I'm wrong. I hope Chad Morris gets it turned around. I really do. But for some reason, (laughs) sarcastically speaking, I don't see it in any way, shape, form, or fashion getting turned around in 2019 And I think Arkansas is going to have to move on from Chad Morris into 2020. You are locked on Razorbacks, your daily Arkansas Razorbacks podcast. I want to move on and talk a little bit about the Razorback basketball team and uh, their performance in the exhibition on Sunday against Little Rock. We got to see a little first glance of Eric Musselman and how he is going to maybe look (laughs) in the early going. I don't think you can ever take too much from exhibition games, but still it's at least a game nonetheless to look at. And listen, I'm going to be honest in a few of my takeaways from it all. Uh, And then we'll get into the Nolan Richardson thing, which I think is just awesome, and I can't wait to talk about that. But given with the Eric Musselman deal and, and, and how this team looked, the aggressiveness, the 
flying all over the place defense and the blocking out, which I know sounds funny, but seriously, the blocking out of this team was extremely impressive. Like I can tell a few minor details here and there and difference that it's been, that's been made. I can see a few things where I look at what this team has been able to do in the offseason and what Eric Musselman's been coaching and preaching. I can see some of those changes. I really can. And I think that this team is good enough to at least go 500. It's not going to be just an absolute embarrassment of a year. They'll go 500 at least. I think that if I when I went down to their schedule in my early, early, early predictions, I said that this team was going to win probably 16, 17 games. Best case, I think, is getting into the NIT. If you get into the NCAA tournament, that'd be fantastic. I mean, coach the year. But I just they just don't have the size, man. They don't have the size or anything. But I'm just going to tell you, Razorback fans, this right now. And if you don't listen to anything I say on the podcast, please listen to this right here. The Razorback basketball team is going to be extremely frustrating at times to watch this season for you. Extremely frustrating. It's going to make you want to pull your hair out at times. And you're going to go to Twitter and go to your message boards and you're going to get pissed off because of the way that the team has looked or a certain player has looked, yada, 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 whatever. That is going to happen because this team is going to be extremely frustrating to watch. And that's nobody's fault. That's nobody's fault. And what I mean by that is you're going to see a team that is going to shoot an astronomical amount of threes. I'm talking like 35 a game. That type of number. Because this team lacks the size to go inside at all. So if you can't do that, go on out and fire some threes. Luckily for Arkansas, they have one of the purest shooters that I've seen in a long time and may even end up being one of the greatest, if not the greatest, by the time it's all said and done at three-point shooting, Isaiah Joe. That guy's beastly. I mean, I don't, I don't care where, you shoot, where he shoots, when he shoots, how he shoots. I don't care. I'm for it. If he puts up a half-court shot, I'm like, hey, good shot selection. I mean, I've had that much confidence in him. I know Eric Musselman does too. But you're going to see him take a lot of threes. Mason Jones take a lot of threes. Jalen Harris take a lot of threes. Desi Sills take a lot of threes. You're going to see a lot of threes, which means in some cases it'll be fantastic because you will beat teams you're probably not supposed to because you get hot from three. But it'll also be really frustrating because if you can't get the three ball going, you're going to lose the game and probably lose it in a very low-scoring fashion. So be prepared for that. Be prepared to get out-rebounded like crazy. It's going to happen. And again, it's no one's fault. It's not like you just can't coach them up. Your tallest guy is 6'8", assuming that Vanover is not going to be eligible, which I don't think he is. But he's your tallest guy. This is what you're just going to have to get used to. You're going to have to understand that this season, as exciting as it may be, as cool as it may be to see how this team develops over time, as much as all these things may be, it's still going to be a very lacking team in athleticism and size. It is. So... Just get ready for that. Arkansas is probably going to lose some games they shouldn't. They may This non-conference schedule of theirs is not very good. It's not very strong. They'll probably lose a few. They'll probably go into SEC play and lose a game at Bud Walton that you're just scratching your head like, why? Why are you losing that? What's going on? It's going to happen. Just get ready for it. I'm trying to prepare you for it. But I'm telling you, folks, if anything, 
as far as if you and like if you need I don't know you don't even need to listen to me listen to Eric Musselman and go watch his press conference at hitthatline.com after the game watch that and you can't tell me and after watching it just sit back and be like man this dude knows what he's doing and it's going to get fun really quick he gives that vibe he has that factor about him he speaks well and he knows basketball and he knows plays and he's coaching him and his assistants are coaching the whole game it's going to be a good year as far as, maybe not wins and losses, but as far as getting an idea of what the team is going to look like once they get some players in. And once they get some players in, especially if he's able to get a lot of those kids from that 2020 class that's so good, get your season tickets now because, man, it's going to get fun. So as great as that was, uh, what was even better was the honoring of Nolan Richardson and having the court finally named Nolan Richardson Court. Awesome ceremony. Awesome ceremony. And, of course, a few things stood out. Of course, to me, might have been the number one thing was seeing just the emotion that Nolan Richardson had. Listen, he's been honored before, many times. He's been put out of ra- uh, jersey put up in the rafters. He's had this, you know, other things that's happened, plaques, whatever. He's had a lot. But I could tell that this particular one, this thing with getting his name on the court meant something so much more. So much more. It meant a lot to him and a lot to his family. And so by seeing that and seeing his emotion and his appreciativeness of it, that's the way it needed to be. And that's how awesome it was just far and away to see. So I was really happy by that. But I think that the and the tribute video was great. Seeing Slick Willie up there, Bill Clinton, give his tribute. Like him or love him, it was still really cool to see. Still really great. Um, The fans showing out was great. But honestly, to me, folks, the best moment of all of this was when they they were doing introductions and then they had uh, former players and coaches come out of the tunnel and walk out there also to be recognized. You had Corey Beck, you had Todd Day, Blake Eddins. I mean, you had the big ones there. Um, but you had a lot of players and former coaches, but nothing was cooler than when at the very end, Mike Anderson walked out of the tunnel. Mike Anderson walked out and the fans were already clapping for the players. But when Mike walked out, it was, it was an, a, just an absolute resounding ovation and cheering for Mike Anderson. And I thought that that was one of the coolest and most classiest things by both parties. Mike Anderson being cheered four by the fans and the way they were was a, an extremely classy move on their part and of course Mike Anderson showing up walking out onto that court being a part of it was fantastic as well just an awesome awesome day an awesome moment and something that I know a lot of Razorback fans appreciate I know my, uh, Nolan Richardson did too court looks good no slobber hog in the middle of the court it's got it next to Nolan's name still not a fan of that and I'm not really a fan of the state of Arkansas outline because it got to me straight lines if that makes sense. But uh, that's just me. Uh, but anyways, maybe they'll be changing that here soon. But I thought it was a great day. That was a great moment. And it's just so great that it finally arrived where they made it work with Nolan Richardson Court at Bud Walton Arena. You are locked on Razorbacks, your daily Arkansas Razorbacks podcast. 
Well, appreciate everybody listening into the Locked On Razorbacks podcast. Be sure to like and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or on Google Play. You can also get after me on Twitter at Russ John Neighbors for any questions, comments, concerns that you may have. We will keep it going from there. Same podcast time, same podcast channel tomorrow afternoon. Have a great day, everybody. We will see you then. You are Locked On Razorbacks, your daily Arkansas Razorbacks podcast. 